Woo. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. This is episode 231, the first one of June, last month of the quarter. Let's get it going. Really excited about this episode uh, with the interview that I have. Before we get there, let's do a quick shout out to the two sponsors of today's show, the two OGs to represent Millennial Sales. First is Gong.io. Gong is the number one revenue intelligence platform in the world. I love Gong so much that I work there. Um, it's irresponsible for you to run a sales organization and not have Gong, period, point blank, end of discussion. Whether it's an eight-person startup, uh, whether you're the largest company in the world, anywhere in between, Gong can help you to get access to the deals that you need to help with call, you know, that help with rep coaching. Uh, it's good for CES, customer success, sales, uh, BDRs, marketing, product. The whole company can use it to get the voice of the customer uh, and to move your business forward uh, with AI and revenue intelligence. So you can check them out at gong.io or you can just DM me on LinkedIn. I'm Tom Alemo and um, I'll put you in touch with the right person. Uh, secondly, I want to shout out to Postal. .io for the sponsorship. Uh, Postal helps you to create connection in a world where everyone is, you know, sending mass emails and, you know, sending kind of like rinky dink gifts uh, to customers. It helps you to really personalize that experience, whether that's the brewery from across the street, the florist on the street corner allows you to really personalize and send special uh, gifts to customers, partners, uh, prospects, whoever it may be. Uh, you can check them out at postal.io. They're also doing something really cool that anyone that subscribes and leaves a review for this podcast on Apple, uh, it should only take you a minute. Uh, they'll give you a free Starbucks gift card. So what you do is you go to Apple Podcasts on your phone, assuming you have an iPhone, uh, you leave a five-star review, you send that to me on LinkedIn or anyway, and then I'll get you that Starbucks gift card. Free Americano, dragon fruit, iced tea, whatever it is that you're into, that's what will get you. So uh, shout out to both of those guys at, at Gong and at Postal. Thank you for the support. Um, real quick, before we get into anything else, you can follow me. I'm all over social media on Tommy Tahoe. I'm Tom Malemo on LinkedIn. Show some love to subscribe here on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. We're spreading the love. We're trying to grow this thing. Um, today, uh, I have a great conversation with Yelena Tarbuck. She's the senior director of sales at Talend. Man, we hit it off. Um, I, I talked to her when I was having a rough week uh, in sales, as we all do sometimes. And uh, she totally flipped my mood around uh, talking about her story from the early days of selling pizza coupons door to door, which I didn't even know was a thing, um, to getting into Verizon, to getting into enterprise software, and all the way up to a senior director of sales at Talend. She's got a passion for coaching for the sales craft. Uh, we bond over books and learning. It's a great episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get straight into our conversation. Let's go. All right. Yelena Tarbuck, good evening. Welcome to the Millennial Sales Podcast. How are you? Well, Tom, it's been an eventful Thursday. Isn't Has Thursday it? always eventful? Has it? <laughs> well, it's always eventful in sales. You know, you lose a deal, you get a meeting, you look at gong stats. <laughs> 
you know, it's when you're in sales, every day something happens every single day. That's so true. This this week personally has felt like Murphy's Law, you know, anything <laughs> that can go wrong will. And so I'm just, I'm hoping for a win at some point in the next few days because it's just, we're spiraling right now. Oh, that's funny. You, you know what I, I, I keep noticing, and I don't know if you picked up on this trend, but like people who put sales messages on LinkedIn, you know, and then comment on them. And I'm thinking to myself, and those people usually, Tom, are not in sales. Mm. And I'm always thinking to myself, gosh, I'd love to see you do this job. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd love to see you pick up the phone and try to get someone interested. I'd love to see you, you know, try to do an outreach sequence. I'd love to see, and I don't know if you've been picking up on that. I've been um, looking at some comments and, and things like that. And it, it, you know, just because we're in this craft, it doesn't sit well with me. It's like, you know, this, this gig is hard. What we do is, hard it takes it takes a lot of self-motivation you know it takes it takes a lot out of you totally. so please be good people be good on linkedin <laughs> be good I, to you, people you see a lot of people that yeah post these things and they get like 500 likes and then you look at them and they're like community builder or like marketing specialist or something like you're not even in sales how are you why are you posting about your opinions it doesn't even it's like the people that, you know, uh, watch sports games and they're like, oh, I could do it better than, than that person. It's like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> right. The movie critic is always the one who couldn't get any other job. Man. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No disrespect to the movie critics out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. None. Um, so you mentioned sales as a craft and uh, I, I love that as, as kind of a framework. And I'd love to really dive into how you got to where you are today with the focus on, you know, developing that craft. And from my uh, little LinkedIn stocking, it looks like your sales career started at least postgraduate at Verizon. I'm curious if that was the first sales uh, form you had, or if, or if you were in it as a kid or what that first job was like. Yeah, great question. Um, so the first time um, I was able to, to figure out what sales is, Tom came to me pretty much out of nowhere. It's one of those unexpected things, right? I never really saw myself in sales. Um, and how it happened is Verizon actually wasn't my first job. My first job was, was selling pizza coupons door to door in Hartford, Connecticut. And it was one of those opportunities, sports and marketing pyramid um, build, right? Yeah. Like if you do well, then you hire someone under you, then that someone under you hires someone under you and so you sort of build a team. Yeah. So for me, I'll never forget the first time I got into my colleague's car and we drove into a neighborhood that I've never been in. And I have a stack of, you know, pizza coupons this thick. And we had all day to sell it all. And we got out of the car and he said, all right, you take this road and I'll take this road and I'll meet you at the end. And that was my training. That was the first time I had to sell. And, and he went and I went. The first couple of doors were rough. I mean, it was rough. 
you're scared. You don't know who's going to open the door. You don't know what's going to happen, right? But then you just sort of build your confidence. It's like practice, right? You, you just get better at it. And then I really started selling pizza coupons. I mean, I was very competitive. And it went from, you know, if I can sell this stack in less than four hours, I'll be first one back in the office. And it just became, I kind of gamified it for myself. Yeah. You know, so I think it's incredibly important that, that we gamify what we do in this craft yeah. so that we constantly try to beat our best. You know, comparing yourself to others is just natural in sales. But when you beat your own best and you continue to, that's a whole other level. Mm. How old and, were you when you were doing this this coupon selling? And and also, can you elaborate us like the millennials here? I remember clipping out coupons out of the newspaper, but I've never heard of someone going door to door selling coupons. So, like, what's the pitch? And how old were you when you were doing this? Yeah, I, I just graduated um, college, so I was okay. I was early twenties. And again, this is my first this is my first job, right? Pure cash, commission only. You know, you you kind of eat what you sell. Yeah. And it's a it's a coupon book where you pay, I think it was $25. And then you have about, you know, 15 coupons you cut out. And it's like $3 off of large, $2 off of medium, you know, whatnot. And, and that was the, the premise of it. You know, you, you really are offering someone like a coupon book to go get a cheaper version of a medium pizza that otherwise they wouldn't get. So the pitch really had to be crafty. You know, you had to show up and say, here's why this book will, will help you. You know, here's why this book will bring the family together on a Tuesday. Here's why this, you know, of course I elevated all of this. All of this came later, yeah. right? Because the first pitch was all about the dollars, but then you sort of elevate your game. You start, you start telling stories, you know? And then as that elevated, so did my neighborhoods. So then I started getting really crafty as to where I'm going to go door knocking. You know, yeah. um, if there's a playground in a mile radius, yeah. if there's a, I mean, you become really good territory manager. So I cannot tell you how much I've learned in the, in that year. It was, it was incredible. Do you have any like crazy rejection stories that you recall? Like were people rude to you? ever like while you're trying to you know kind of like shuck these these pizza coupons at them <laughs> always there's there's always crazy stories you know i think one of the hardest things for me was when a neighbor would start calling the rest of the neighborhood that i was coming <laughs> yeah try that objection so yeah. it's like you know every door knock after this, this lady who you can tell was not happy you're in the neighborhood and you're doing this has called eight houses in a row that you're about to go to. <laughs> and I remember my first sort of chain objection reaction, you know, because it happened the next door and then it happened the door after and then the door after. And then I preemptively started saying, Hey, I, I know you probably got a call because it just talked to your neighbors. Right. So you, it's just incredible, Tom, how much you you really truly grow up in terms of how you handle it in the moment, because there is no coach, you know, there is no manager right next to you going in now, you know, yeah. you should or we should. It's just you connecting the dots and figuring out, again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, 
how to beat your best, you know, yeah. and, and how to win and how to gamify this, this, this pretty rough gig I had. <laughs> and, and how did you go from that to getting into Verizon and then into the world of technology? What was that pivot like? You know, Verizon was such a, a powerhouse, and it still is in terms of, you know, the, the early mobile data tech. You know, if, if you remember, and you probably will have to Google this, the, the Blackberries, you know, and, and when the first data arrived, it was, it was so fun to sell. Um, I door knocked someone who worked at Verizon and who said, you should, here's my, I got a lot of cards. I actually got recruited quite a bit from people giving me their cards, you know, saying, yeah. hey, you should call me, you should call me, you should call me. Um, but this gentleman was very specific. He said, I, I need an AE who can go into businesses and do exactly what you do, right? And, and I thought, okay, that sounds good. You know, I'm just moving from a, a household to a business. I mean, what's the difference, right? The right. door is a door. So that's how I got my job. And it was so fun. It was, it was like my first, you know what I really appreciated in that first sort of corporate job, Tom, was um, the importance of onboarding. Mm. You know, the importance of when, when you join a company and when you come into a place that you're so new to, right? And all these benefits and other things that, that you have to sort of figure out are coming at you. To have a very strong onboarding program, and I don't mean training, like I, I wasn't in a classroom, you know, learning products. I simply had people who knew my name and who would greet me every day and who would come in and say, hey, Yara, do you need anything? You know, how's it going? How's your day? Mentors, you know, people who really looked after you, but also looked to help you. And mm. when you have that, wow, it's, it's incredible. Was that um, instilled from the top down or did you just happen to have really great people that happened to work there? You know, great question. I think it was a combination, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I'll never forget that. And I always do that. I, I always consider myself an onboarding ambassador. Doesn't matter what job I was doing. You know, when, when new people come on board, no matter what role they're in, Tom, I didn't do, like when you, set, when you see a welcome email, you know, these following employees have joined the team. Yeah. You know, I, unless you can't scale it, if there's 500 starting every month, right? I'd always introduce myself and say, hey, here's who I am. Let me know if you need anything. Here's what I know. You know, I know internal ordering systems. I know who to call when customer service has an escalation. You know, you, you sort of learn that when you start somewhere new, you, you really need that, that help. You really need that support. And onboarding program or not, um, having that mentor and having that guidance is, is I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll tell you that much, you know? And the, the early years of a sales career, if you don't have someone or a few people like that, it's easy to just give up. Like if you don't have people to help encourage you, because the first, I always tell people when they're starting, like the first six to 12 months in particular, you're going to have at least one time where you're ready to quit. And maybe it's every day that you feel like you're going to quit. But if you make it through 
that first year and you like it and you start to get good at it, then you're really on a, a good path. But um, if you don't have anyone backing you up that first year, it's, it's easy to just quit and go into, you know, some other type of job. Oh, so true. I mean, think about the last time someone said, hey, Tom, how's your day? How's it going? How are you doing today? Especially now that, you know, we're in these crazy times. It goes, it goes way beyond any onboarding or any sort of professional um, impact. It's truly something you never forget. You know, so so I'm always always so eager to hear and meet new employees. You know, no matter what, especially in sales. Like, hey, nice to meet you. Welcome. You know, what do you think? You know, how's it going? Then then I'll send them a note. Couple of days, couple of weeks. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? You know, because to your point, this is this is not a consistent job that everything happens the same way every single day, right? Every day brings up something new. Um, so you really have to have that, that support system, no matter, no matter what function it is in your, in your organization that really truly cares about your success. You know, it, that yeah. builds loyalty. That builds loyalty and people stay for, for that reason. People really, really truly stay. You've mentioned the word craft a few times and you even put that in your LinkedIn kind of like about me section. I'm curious <laughs> if there's, which I love the phrasing. I'm curious if there's parts of the sales craft that have kept you in the game for so long that keeps you excited that you feel like you're particularly good at um, any of those, anything about the sales craft. <laughs> you you do have a good eye for detail. Congrats. If you put detail oriented on your resume, it's actually true. So well, well done, well done. Details. Um, you know, it, in terms of of selling in itself, I, I think building relationships and really meeting people where they're at is to me so so critically important. So you you can't just show up and expect that your product, even if you're gone, will sell itself. That, that never happens, right? Um, you come with it and you're such a big part of it, no, no matter what is it that you're trying to sell, right? So how you show up and how you build that relationship is so, is, is so critical, but not just how you show up the first time, how you show up after the ink is dry. You know, mm. are you there to say, hey, Tom, I know you and I got, Thank you very much. Gave me a great commission check three months ago, but I, I want to know how's it going. What's going on? How are you doing? And let me tell you, that builds not just relationships, but again, back to loyalty. So when I tell you about craft, I truly mean that. Like, it's not just doing your medic and doing your band and closing your deal and measuring your sales cycle. It's so much more than that. You know, and then, you know, for me, I really started to enjoy watching other people succeed if, if I'm able to help them, you know, so, so watching other people grow and develop and love the sales career, like as much as I do. Oh, I think that's, that's incredibly powerful because people, a lot of people started sales, you know, after, after graduating college, it's, it's nice money. It will give you that customer facing experience and then they want to go to marketing or project management or, you know, whatever the path is. 
And not many, you know, stay in, in the sales lane for a long time because, I mean, you already said it, it's tough, you know? You, you got to get up when you encounter um, a, a bad response to your outbound email. Yeah. You, you've got to get up in the morning again when you lose a deal you thought you had, like everything was done. And then they go with the competitor. All those things that happened to us, we still have to get up the next day and do it all over again. You know, and when you truly think about the volatility of that, you, you think about how, how, how truly powerful our function is, you know? Yeah. You're like, man, we're like super people. <laughs> you know and and how how do you how do you do that year after year sustainably when i imagine as you rise the ranks the highs and lows are maybe even higher and lower right because you have more probably you know there's more dollars and revenue at stake you know there's more at stake with you're talking to higher level people in the company than you would be as say an sdr or or an ae so how do you do that over time while still kind of remaining positive and not going crazy. <laughs> oh, sometimes I am crazy. That's just, <laughs> you know, just depends. It's a it. Tuesday, it, usually on a Tuesday. Don't call me on a Tuesday. Um, you know, that's a big question and, and there is no right answer for me. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have to have variety of inspirational people, inspirational books, inspirational podcasts, inspirational messages um, to really exercise my mind. You know, right now at my desk is this book. And I, th this is um, oh. the Daily Stoic. No, stop it. Boom. Oh, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> okay, enough said. So that's the first thing I read, you know, and, and it's like, okay, what, what did these philosophers say 1600 years ago mm. let me thanks ryan holiday for translating it for me i need i need his input yeah but that's the first thing you know and, and you obviously understand the power of that so you have to be careful in what you feed your mind with because in sales time you know this really well it's very easy to pick up the phone and go yeah mine suck too oh dude i'm dying i mean We've all done it, right? Yeah. But when you go down that road, I mean, you're going down the road. It's down mm. the drain and it goes. Not that that's not healthy. Sometimes, trust me, that's like therapy for all of us. But you got to watch for that because you do it once and you do it twice a day. Then all of a sudden you do it. And, and that is what gets you off track, you know? Yeah. And so feeding your mind and keeping it fed with things that really truly work for you is so critical and you got to find that you know you, you got to find that it's got to be your own I, I i can't have people read daily stoic you know i'm not I'm like hey you should read this book it's amazing <laughs> i could say hey i'm reading this it's awesome here's what it did for me yeah the best thing you can do is try it another thing i'll tell you is is surround yourself with with people who support you and, and genuinely, genuinely support you. Um, and those are mentors. Those are people in your family and friend circles. Those are your colleagues from previous companies. You know, don't, don't get lazy and, and not drop a note or a text or a call. 
because it's easy to do that. It's easy yeah. to get busy, you know? Yeah. And I think for, for all of us, that's one of those things that's a big no-no, like stay in touch with those who, who truly help make you better. Mm. So I, there's so many things I, I want to get to, but I'll start with this. You brought up going back to, you know, a customer, you know, three months after they buy by way of example. And the way that I'm interpreting that, I, I learned recently a term from um, another sales leader uh, playing like the infinite game, right? Mm. Uh, meaning like we're, we're doing this likely forever, you know, or, or at least, you know, for our entire professional career. And so you want to treat people as though you're going to know them and work with them for the next 50 years, because you might, you know, you might run across that same person, you know, 20 years from now. And so if you're always kind of playing that long game with people versus, okay, I got what I needed. Like you signed the contract on the last day of the quarter, I'm done with you. And then, you know, that that's, that's going to potentially come back to bite you um, or at least not, you know, be as fulfilling and as fruitful as, you know, kind of following through and having integrity and, and playing the long game with people. And like, we were just talking before we recorded, we don't need to name drop them, but you still were talking about the gong rep that you had like, you know, three years ago that sold the first deal. Um, and it's not who you're working with today, but that's who you picked out as like, that's my guy. So it's just like people that do that really can stand out. Yeah, you really truly remember how they made you feel. You know, it's it's not what it's gonna go. I'm gonna go to that my Angela quote. You know, it's it's how they made you feel. And as a customer and as a consumer, you know, you 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 want to feel appreciated. You want to feel respected. You want to feel as if you're making the right decision for your business. And that's it, right? It's it's it's. I hate to say it's simple. But when you approach the sales cycle that way, it's, it's just remarkable how much easier it is to unpack what you need to do to get you there versus, you know, oh, I'm at stage two, I should be at stage four by the end of June. And then, you know, we, we get so clinical sometimes because um, we have to, that's how we're paid. You know, we're, we're on a monthly, sometimes quarterly commission checks. So we get very clinical and, and metrics drive our behavior, but when you unpack that a little bit and, and truly let um, the, the entire relationship and connection flow as a consumer yourself, it's, it's amazing what happens. It's incredibly powerful. We, we hit gold on this random, this was not planned, the Daily Stoic, by the way, people, that was just co literally sheer coincidence. I'm curious, um, any other books, uh, or it could be podcasts or courses or however you like to learn, but any, anything, other things that have been particularly impactful for you or that you recommend to other people or that you reread or anything like that. I am right now I'm reading factfulness. Um, okay. it's, it's a phenomenal book. It's about how and what you do with data, um, and how you can interpret data. It's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's a great book that tells you that our world is not as bad as it seems. It, yeah. I highly recommend it, factfulness. But um, I actually just shared one of the dearest and near, dearest books uh, to me, and that's Daring Greatly by, by Brene Brown. You know, she, mm -hmm. had a, she had an infamous, famous tech talk in 2011 about the power of vulnerability. And this book was something that really 
was so powerful to me because Tom, it tells you that, you know, we're all humans. And what you need to do in order to really be successful in everything you, you do is appreciate the beauty of cracks. Mm-hmm. And I literally mean like, I mentally cracked or I cracked <laughs> that, you know, I cracked that buyer, whatever the crack is, right? And then you need to listen to those who matter to you. Yep. I think that was a big one to me for me, right? Like, listen to those who matter. We can't listen to everybody. That's that's impossible. But listen to those who matter, and they'll make an impact to you and on your life and on your career professionally and personally. So, those are a couple of things. You know, I'm I'm a huge believer in. I follow Saster because they've got amazing videos and they tell me what's going on. You know, when when I'm not able to pay attention. Yeah. Um, and so those are kind of my those are those are like the main things you know I I look at. I talk to a lot of sales, other sales leaders. I'm very active in a in an association called American Association of Inside Sales Professionals, AISP. Yep. Um, I have been in that association for years and I developed a network of really good friends across the country. And it's really, really cool to call someone when you're trying to figure out, you know, how can I, how can I make a comp plan that, you know, can drive volume and can drive ASP at the same time. And then you pick up the phone and you're like, Hey Todd, what did you do? Yeah. You know, or Hey Charlie, I know you built this. So it's that, that networking piece. I think it's so critical, you know, having, being a part of something that's outside of your um, regular job that can help expand the craft way beyond just what you do day to day. Yeah, because you you don't know, we don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know what other people are doing at other organizations. So especially if you've only worked at one or two companies, you really only have a purview into like what you've been doing or what your leaders have been doing. So I think connecting with people from the outside is super helpful. Right, you only have yours, right? Absolutely. That's it, right? Um, so, so Tom, according to the Stoics, your mind is the asset that must be worked on most and understood best. That was May 5th. That's so true. That, isn't that, a, that's powerful. I cannot believe you and I have the same book on our desks. It, yeah. I mean, funny enough, I had a, a listener shout out to Penelope actually sent that as a gift. And I've, I've been a Ryan holiday fan for a long, long time. Uh, if you've read some of his other books, they're they're also outstanding. But um, it, it really does kind of boil down to like control what you can control, right? And, and focusing on the mind and knowing that if you can take care of that, a lot of other things start to work in motion. Yeah, watch for watch for those moments where, you know, like I said, we all need therapy. You're like, yeah, dude, that that sucked. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But don't, you know, I mean, it can take you places. Yeah. It can take you you, places quick. You mentioned Brene Brown, who I'm also a fan of. And and one thing that she's really known for, uh, or at least has had an impact on me, is is around vulnerability. I'd love to hear you talk about either from a sales or from a a leadership perspective, what, how, you know, vulnerability has, has helped you or how you leverage it. Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, this pandemic has been tough on all of us. Mm. And I think last year was probably one of the hardest years of, of my career and my life. 
no, no doubt about it. And what I did is what I changed is, is I brought the undercurrents of our lives to the picture for those who wanted to share it, right? Because they drive everything you do. And we all had some very heavy undercurrents, no, no matter what, right? And once I allowed that to surface, it's, it's amazing the community I built with my team. I honestly, Tom, think that's one of the reasons I, I got President's Club last year, in a worst year ever, ever in, in the history of world. I mean, I don't want to undermine other issues, but it was, it was a tough year. It's right up there, yeah. But, you know, to me, it's like, wow, how, what, how did this happen? But then you realize you really, you bring human to the table. You, you bring that vulnerability, right? But it's a two-way street. Every team meeting, I would start with, you know, he, here's how my week's going. You know, I have twin girls and, oh, they're the best friends and the worst enemies. <laughs> I had an old dog at the time that was not doing well. And being in the house, waking up to the same computer, same room, we're all in the same place, right? Just wears on you. And I would share that with the team. Like, here's how my week's going. It's hard. You know, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing on Zoom. I actually don't even know if the one's on the right Zoom and the other one's on. I, I don't know. I have no idea. How are you doing? And people brought puppies and people brought kids and people brought partners and people brought parents. I mean, it just became, you know, our standups went from having a team meeting once a week that we did pre-pandemic to having a standup like once a day, because we had to talk to, we just had to connect. Mm -hmm. And so talk about vulnerability, right? Like talk about, hey, here's what's going on with me, but I'm telling you, it's a, it, it has to be a two-way street. You can't show up vulnerable for someone who's like, okay, so let's get on with the agenda. Yeah. Then that's what Brene talks about, right? So, so that's, to me, that was a big one. Last year was just, you know, something that had to be incredibly authentic because it was one of those situations and it still is, right? It's still going on that affects everybody in a very different way. So I'm gonna go back to the undercurrents. you got to allow people and you have to acknowledge those undercurrents. Yeah, I, I think from an AE's perspective, you know, like myself, I, I can name people that are fall into one of two camps, like people that did kind of give you that window into them as a person and people that were just like, this is all business and, um, and all professional. And um, I, I just think there's so much more, there's so much more, you know, a better relationship that you can have if, someone takes the first step and you, you, I think are kind of obligated to take the first step if you're the leader. Um, because I'm not going to probably come to you and just be like, start complaining about, you know, my kids or my situation. I, I think it speaks a lot louder when the leader starts that, uh, and kind of takes that first step so that others feel comfortable to do so. Yeah. I'm curious on this other group, like, why do you think that happened? What, what do you think happened there? To them, do you feel like that was like a defense mechanism? I mean, what did you pick up? Like the ones that were just all all business. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know. I, I felt like. I feel like everyone's kind of on a spectrum of emotional intelligence, 
And I, I could just, you know, think of people's kind of faces in my head and just be like, they were good at other things. They were good at sales, but like, you know, or whatever, but, but they, they hit numbers, but like, they didn't seem to have a lot of emotional intelligence. And, um, I think at some point in the game, like if you don't show that people are going to start having some questions. Right. And like, if Mm. you want to keep people at a company and keep them engaged and doing their best work, I think you have to take off the business hat from time to time. And look, we do need to hit numbers and we do have quotas and, you know, we want to make commission and all those things. But I, I think there's also a time and a place for letting your hair down, so to speak, or, you know, speaking honestly about things and uh, taking your quota or this pipeline review off the table just for five minutes, uh, you know, before we get into the meat and potatoes. But that's just my take. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's a good way to look at it. You know, I, I also had a chance to encounter the same, right. And, and that's, that's what I'm telling you that two way street can get pretty awkward. You're like, okay, what? I don't want to, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's just different, different people meeting at completely different spots. You're like, Hmm, okay. We're not on the same frequency. Let's just keep moving. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think that affects all of us. What, what I will tell you is that w- who I really saw shine and, and come through in, in our function, in, in sales, are those who were incredibly disarming and compassionate. Mm. Those who opened the calls with, hey, Tom, how you doing? I see, see you're at your house. You know, how's your home office? Did you set that up Okay. <laughs> Like before, like, hey, my SC is here and I also have my data architect and I have this person, let's, you know, it's like who, who sh- truly showed up, who they truly were and had the conversation of, hey, where are you at? How's it going? Do you have a desk or are you in your bedroom? Like, what's yeah. going on? You know, yeah. <laughs> and when you start showing up like that with customers, oh, I can't tell you how many amazing conversations, business conversations we ended up having because we showed up, you know, authentic and compassionate. So yeah, vulnerability definitely came to play last March 17th. I think it was, was that the date? I can't remember anymore. Right about then, right about that. It's so funny because we kicked off this podcast earlier on. I mentioned this has been just for me, a tough week. There's been some things that kind of, you know, as it happens in sales, you know, things fall off the board, things get pushed out. And I woke up this morning and uh, I was I was pondering some daily stoke. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just like try to make this a great day for anyone that I talk to. And I'm going to just, let's just forget about these deals. Let's forget about the this and the that. And like, anytime I get on a call, I'm just going to try to bring joy to whoever I'm talking to. And I found myself in multiple conversations where I did take the deal out of, you know, or the whatever, you know, frustration out of my mind and just like, no, let's just like, sometimes it was just a pleasant conversation uh, that we talked about not business for 15 minutes. And sometimes it was helping them out with a problem that I could have said, eh, customer success can handle that support can handle that. No, I'll take it. Like it'll be 45 minutes, but like, and normally, you know, you might say that's not a salesperson's job, but like, Today, I just had to do some things like that. And I think sometimes taking off the sales hat, taking off the quota hat, uh, you can't do it every single day or else you'll probably never sell anything. But like to do, to have that balance where you really are putting, you know, other people first just makes you feel better. And 
I think just, just helps to build up some, some karma at the very least. Oh, so true. And, and did you get it back? Like, did you get the joy back? Was it a two way street? Yeah, it was yeah, every time. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing when that happens. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it happens, it can be pretty powerful. But look at the power of your mind. You know, you, you woke up, you're like, ugh, I'm going to change this. You know, yeah. I'm going to change it. And, and that's all you it. can do. That's, we got to do it. We're in that, we're in that game. You know, we chose this. <laughs> we chose this. You know, that time we chose this. Yeah. We didn't choose yeah. us. Sometimes I we chose. forget. <laughs> yes, I chose my pizza coupons, you know, it's not like they came and found me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, my, my, last, uh, my last question for you uh, before we wrap up, I'm curious, like you've, you've talked about, you know, being vulnerable with your team and going out of your way to help mentor people and, and, you know, welcome them into the organization and things like that. Let's say I'm a rep that joins your team uh, to, you know, work under you. What's one thing I can do to stand out to you? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things I'm always looking for is, is innovators in terms of changing others' thinking. I'm always looking for those who not are always questioning why are we doing it that way, but are always, I'm never afraid to, to challenge the, the thought process, right? So I'll give you an example. When a new rep joins um, my team, I, I'll, I'll offer a stand-up every morning, 8 a.m., 8.30, whatever works in your time zone for a half hour so that we can, we can kick off the day right and kick off the week right. It lasts for as long as you want. I had some for six months. <laughs> I had some for nine months. I had some for... Two months, I think, was my shortest. But what I was looking for in those moments, Tom, were people who really, truly are challenging the thinking of what can be done and, and how can I do it better, faster, smarter. You know, preconceived notions often lead to, to premature decisions and often premature um, and that, that don't necessarily mean this is how it's going to be. So those who really fight that and can think through it and can disrupt the thought flow are, are those who stand out to me. I, I can give you some specific examples. Like <laughs> the other day, I mean, this came out of nowhere. Like, hey, wh why do we have to have eight steps to get from point A to point B? Shouldn't this be three? And I'm like, well, why three? Well, it's discovery, demo, and close. Why do I need all these others? I mean, what's, what's the point? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> like, I like that. I like that. Tell me more, right? So yeah. those are the people who stand out to me. Those are the people who really, who again, challenging the thinking of something that's always been done the same way, and it's right in front of you, and you never thought of it. Those are the ones that stand out to me. That's awesome. That's a great, a great piece of advice because we can, as salespeople, get caught in our normal day-to-day, -day, my number, there's the meetings I have, and uh, you know, not think about maybe the innovation or how can I help the team perform better or how can I, you know, help build this new process that helps others out. So I think that's I think that's great advice. Um, we've covered the gamut 
on this podcast. Um, I, I'm curious, anything that, <laughs> anything top of mind that, that we didn't get to um, before we wrap up? You know, I'm, I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to find some good sponsors for this podcast. So I'm going to give you a quota. Get <laughs> like two big names to sponsor you by the end of this year. And when I tell you big names, I think you know where I'm going with this. I, I think it can be, can be one of the big marketing stack companies that are public. I'm not, I'm not going to name drop, but that, that's my challenge for you. I think you got okay. a great thing going here, and I think you can really, really help quite a few um, of those who are just starting to sell pizza coupons. You know? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love. I've never left a podcast interview with an additional quota, but I'll take. I'll take <laughs> it on. I'll take it on. That's it. awesome. Oh, that's great. Hey, thanks for your time. That was very, very enjoyable, and. Um, I can't wait to, to hear what's next and, and keep listening to you. It's, it's really, really fun. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for checking out that podcast while you're walking the dog, while you're cooking up your stir fry, while you're at the gym, whatever you're doing. Um, two things. Number one, uh, please head over to uh, Apple and give this show a five-star review. Uh, send that to me on LinkedIn and I'll give you a, a free Starbucks gift card. Would really appreciate it. That's what helps this show to grow. It should only take you a minute. And second, one more shout out to our sponsors, Gong and Postal. Please give those folks a shout out. Hit them up on LinkedIn. Check out their websites. Uh, they can do wonders for your business. That's all I got for you today. Peace.